I'm Patricia Marshall Harris, and welcome to Dishing with Patricia. As a food, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle consultant, I believe food is our medicine. As the host of Dishing with Patricia, I also believe in connecting with notable guests who would dish about themselves, local events, community topics, and of course, food. Welcome back to Dishing with Patricia. I'm so happy you guys are joining us. Today, my special guest is Nina Ahmad. Nina, welcome to Dishing with Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Oh God, thank you so much. Nina is running for city council person at large for Philadelphia. Nina has a track record as a public servant. She served for the city of Philadelphia, establishing the Office of Public Engagement she was appointed by President Obama as an advisory commission for Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Nina is a lifelong member of the NAACP. She and her husband own their own business, they're small business owners. So Nina understands the challenges that entrepreneurs are going through and also she engages in community development. Nina, tell me, why are you running for city council person at large? So I, I'm really running as uh, to say thank you to the city of Philadelphia. Uh, I love Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, I came here and as an immigrant when I was uh, a young woman mm -hmm. and I came to school here, got an education, an excellent education, um, started a family, have a business, two children who are doing well, all because Philadelphia took care of us. Philadelphia is a large community. Yes. We say we are a, a, a city of neighborhoods, um, and those neighborhoods sustained us. Our neighbors next door took care of our children because we didn't have a big family here. Right. Uh, so uh, I have seen ups and downs in Philadelphia, but I understand the promise of Philadelphia. I understand that if we can level the playing field, we can all participate in the prosperity. How did you transfer from being a scientist to being a politician? I, you know, I have a PhD from University of Pennsylvania in chemistry. Wow. Uh, and then I did a postdoctoral fellowship at Thomas Jefferson in molecular genetics. And that was to uh, understand mechanisms that cause diseases in an inherited fashion. That was my topic of work. And in that process, I made a discovery. And that discovery explained to a group of people who had a certain disease why they had that disease and why their children were inheriting that. What I found when I shared this information with uh, the community who was Im impacted, okay. um, it did three things. It gave them a understanding of what was happening. And why. And why, and that they were not at fault. Okay. It relieved guilt in parents. Uh, it made them connect with other people because we had a seminar, we um, shared that information, and most importantly, they started advocating for themselves. That's important. They start, built a community and started advocating. So what I saw was the power of information. Okay. I, we shared with them a piece of information, and we saw when they were able to access that information, they were able to transform themselves. And empower. Empowered. So I and took that vision of information empowering people and seeing why is it not everywhere. Okay. And uh, I found that science 
was not doing an effective job of communicating and empowering. And I wanted to broaden that horizon. And that's why I went into public service. This particular issue, is it just for Philadelphia or is it across the country? It's global. It's, it's global. A, yes, the, so uh, have, the disease that I'm talking about, okay. yes. So have you been <laughs> able to transfer that? Yes, so that th this uh, awakening that happened in this community impacted by this disease. Can you share with us what the disease is? It's called is? Stickler syndrome. Stickler uh, syndrome. It's, it's an eye joint disease, and it's a, a mutation in collagen. And collagen is, you know, what we have. Right. We have many different types of collagen. This was a type two collagen mutation. We established for the first time <clears throat> a link between a mutation in type two and this disease. So uh, it was transformative, you know, and. What that did for me was also transform me in the process okay. of how important information is and empowering people with information lets them drive their own destiny. Correct. We need to, as government, uh, my role I see is to give people the tools, show the pathway, and they get, get out of the way. Right. You get to determine your destiny, but here are some things. And the barriers that have been put in front of people that didn't allow them to be their full selves right. is what my job is to remove, is to remove those barriers. Okay. If you could accomplish one thing, I want to hear multiple things that you yes. want to accomplish, but to start off, what you could say, I did a good job. Yes. What would that one thing be? So I am looking at using health as a platform. Yes. And, and looking uh, and saying many of our problems can be seen through a public health lens. Yes. We are traumatized by many things in Philadelphia. There's gun violence, there's lack of housing, there's food insecurity. Schools are not great, right? These are things that can trouble us and make us really um, not be able to function sometimes, no, we right? Can. So I would love to see mental health yes. as a real resource to all our communities. Uh, and, and I'll give you a quick example of what I mean by access to mental health. Yes, please. Uh, as we see, we have violence in many different shapes and forms, and we are doing a lot of anti-violence programs. Yes. I feel that if we don't have a component of mental health, in integrated in those programs. Um, and, and a specific example of that is cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. That allows you to calm your brain, right? So when you are in a very tense situation, right. your cortisol level is very high Correct. circulating, you need to be able to de-stress from that because when you're in that high agitated state, you don't make good decisions, Correct. right? But not only, um, your citizens don't make good decisions. The, the police. Yes. Absolutely. They, Absolutely. I mean, we know that there are a lot of situations where the citizen is trying to de-escalate their encounter with Absolutely. the police. And because they're trying to de-escalate it, sometimes the police interpret, you're trying to give me my job, tell me my job, and you're like, well, can you calm down? Give me a minute. And they're like, you're not listening to me. And that, you said it listening to me. Yes. The training our police cadets get okay. is very critical that we have assessment of their mental health right. on a regular basis yes. to see, one, what are your internal biases? Right. Are you 
good to go into a community that doesn't look like you? Are you culturally competent to talk to people and understand their issues so You're that right. you can be a real public servant? Remember, police are public servants. Yes. Just like me on city council, they, they are just as much a public servant as all of us. And our first duty is to serve the public. We're not incarcerating the public or, <laughs> yes. or policing the public. It should be public safety, yes. right? The concept is that we, we have militarized our police to yes. such an extent that it's become an us and them. They have it no empathy. Not, that's right. It does not have to be that way. You know, until very recently in England, the street cop didn't have any guns. Correct. They had a, a nightstick. That was it. Uh, I come from a country, tiny country from Bangladesh. We lived through a war where people mm -hmm. had picked up guns to fight for freedom. Right, right. And there was a whole amnesty period where people had to give back those guns uh, so that it didn't become a super, uh, you know, oversaturated, uh, oversaturated with, guns. with guns. And I, I lived through that as a child. I saw, I remember this. And so, and it, we are a much poorer country. Right. And, and yet you were able we to get it controlled. We don't have this violence of this level because we are feeding our communities with these weapons. They're, somebody's making them, somebody's profiting yes. from them. This is not the kid on the street who wants to settle a beef. If he can just walk up and get a gun that easy, yes. there's something really wrong. There's something wrong. <clears throat> something really wrong that a child can get a gun faster than a child can get to a doctor's office yes. and get a mental health assessment. <laughs> yes. Something very wrong. We have to call it what it is. We have to be address it head on. I'm very passionate about young people having a chance. Yes. I was that young child. I remember what war looks like. I remember the fear children have in their eyes when they don't know what is going to happen next when they don't have a sense of security. You can't learn like that. No. You can't sit in a classroom when you come from a homeless shelter. You cannot come to a classroom if you're hungry. You know, if you don't know who you're gonna see the next day, who's gonna pick you up from school, where am I gonna land up? If we don't understand that is, some of our children are facing that, and our schools are not catering to that, we're not going to have them participate in the upside that I mentioned, the prosperity. This is no fault of their own where they were born. No, they it were, isn't. We, none of us decide where we're going to be born. And it, that should not determine our destiny in a way that keeps us from progress. So I, I am very passionate about no, this. No, I agree. <laughs> so one of the things is we're going to tackle is mental health in our communities. And that's just not your neighbor. Yeah. It's the, pe the people that are policing your neighborhood. Yeah. Not having your health in all of our communities, northern, mm -hmm. North Philadelphia, mm -hmm. South Philadelphia, it's, it, it's, it's bad here in Philadelphia. Yeah. How are you going to approach that issue with about so, uh, with food? Of, with food insecurity is a yes. big thing, you know? And it's not just the insecurity, it's the quality of yes. food too. Yes. It's both those things. <laughs> so as I was coming here this morning, I saw that... Um, there were some young people in Southwest Philadelphia area who are from Penn who are trying to make a hack to get around the uh, SNAP benefits, how you get, you know, you're not allowed to buy uh, cooked hot food with SNAP benefits. So you're only able to buy um, raw ingredients or things like candy and stuff like that, right? right? So there's, this is egregious because I could be disabled, 
Right. And I might not be able to prepare my food. You may not have uh, your I might gas. Not, I gas. might not have a kitchen. Right. I might be living in a rooming house. That's right. How are you telling me that you, the government, are giving me services, yes. but yet you're cutting me off from good food? Right. So there are seven states in the country that actually allow a workaround on that issue. But the state has to drive that. So okay. they're able to buy like a whole chicken, roasted chicken, now that can feed a whole family. Right, exactly. Right? That's solid, good food. So I am really interested to, to advocate. That's a state level issue. But I want to see what is happening in Philadelphia. Take that, since I'm a scientist, I'm data driven. Look at what, where the food deserts are, what is being impacted. If they're on SNAP or EBT, right. what can they use or not use? and talk to our governor and talk to our state legislators that this as a state, we should do what those other seven states are doing. I agree and with you. And we need to change that. So that's step one, right? Yeah. That's not a legislative work that I can do. We can do a companion legislation probably around that. I have to investigate and see what role Philadelphia as a municipality will have. But it's an issue that we need to address if we're going to have people be healthy, Correct. We need good food going yes. into them. We yes. also need to put them in good, clean housing without causing us asthma and not having high heat islands, right? So, so there's ways to mitigate all of that as well. So the housing, we know that, that that is an issue. Yes. What would be your approach to that? So our appro my approach would be, again, it has to be data driven to see what <laughs> is the real housing stock available that is livable, inhabitable. Not just because you have a house doesn't mean it's a, right. it's, it's a house worthy for a human to live in. Right? Right. So making sure we have quality housing and accessible, affordable housing. We're supposed to only use 30% of uh, what we earn on housing. Right. It, you think and that's, and that's really not happening, right. right? When you have a state that is still making $7.25 as a minimum wage, it doesn't matter how you do the math. That one job doing paying that is not going to be enough for you to put 30% there. You have no money to go to housing, right? You need three jobs, four jobs to afford a, a housing, housing in Philadelphia. So we have to, the big picture, change our minimum wage. Correct. Uh, which in Philadelphia, actually, we have changed for those who do business with Philadelphia, have to pay a living, uh, 50, almost, it's graded up to $15, right? But not other companies around. Uh, so we need to have our governor uh, change the minimum yes. wage. And that was a campaign promise. And we've all advocated for that. We'll continue to advocate for that. Uh, that's one piece so that you have actual money to rent an apartment or buy a house. Uh, but, yeah. but you know, the city gives contracts to um, businesses that they come and work inside of the city. And then they get in their cars and they drive back to the county where they live. So because they are not Philadelphia residents, they did not pay into that tax, the city wage tax. But yet you are gain earning monies from the city of Philadelphia. I think that that should we, change. We do take a tax from them. But it's not you as big as the one. But I'm talking you about the person itself. Do they pay yes, a wage? They do. They do. Okay. So, but it's it's a rate is different, right? I'm fine with them coming and going. But what about our people here? But that's what I'm saying. A lot of saying. our people here 
are having to get on three buses to get to a job outside Correct. In, in the county. I would like for them to have opportunities here to be gainfully employed here right. so that they can make a living wage. So I'm a scientist, as I said. <laughs> I am very interested in looking at our eds and meds, which is, means education and medical institutions, which we have a plethora of. Of course. And also a look at all this technology that is coming in. I want to carve a very specific pathway of jobs into those sectors because they pay better, right? They pay well. Right. But in order to get those jobs, you have to be educated. You have to learn how to read, write at grade level, and do math. You cannot do those without. So that brings us our education. Right. We have to connect our education outcome to the jobs, but there's also ways to do that with a high school diploma. I remember hiring a young man who was a high school he had a high school um, diploma, but was at loose ends, and mom was really worried he was going to go off right. uh, and, and not have, make some good choices. So I, we have a job opening for a dishwasher. A dishwasher doesn't mean just washing dishes here. When you do lab dishware, you have to do it in a certain way, specifically because we did a lot of uh, sensitive assays using PCR and all of that. So you had to not only wash the dishware in a spe specific way, you had to use equipment called an autoclave machine to sterilize them. That's a serious piece of uh, equipment, equipment yes. that is under a lot of pressure. If you do it wrong, we can right. blow up the whole place. When you do learn all these things, you actually can uh, learn to be a sterilization technician. There's a test the state allows you to take. If you do that, then you can come back to a hospital and be a sterilization technician making fifty dollars to $70,000. And that's based on a high school diploma. It's a high school diploma with a certification in this But that's training. what we're, we're very much interested in certifications. More and more are getting back into the vocational schools. But yes. the point being is that we're not educating our children. Yes. They're saying that eighth and ninth and tenth graders are there that only have a fourth and fifth grade reading that's level. That's correct. Illiteracy in our adult population as well, so they can't even help their children to learn. So we have to remove the stigma right. of saying that we, you know, you didn't get the tools. Let's get you the tools. Right. What will it take for us to get you the tools? So we need to have schools that are functioning, that schools are not falling down on your head. Correct. You don't have asbestos and you know, mold in your schools. You have actually books that are uh, current. You have toilet paper in your bathrooms. These are, these are just fundamental things that you go to any other, uh, <laughs> you know, go to Montgomery County. They have all of those exactly. in all their schools. Right. right? Uh, why is it that it is okay for some of our schools to not have all of that and some public schools to have? Uh, let's be clear. There are differences well, in what public ed education looks like. Well, we also know why. We know why. <laughs> and we know why. And we, you know, when you have uh, children who, don't, who can't advocate for themselves. Correct. And you might have parents who are working three jobs because and they their can't job advocate is, they, for they, them. they don't have time to That's advocate right. for themselves. Or they're part of this mass incarceration that we have faced uh, for the mi minor of issues people are just hauled away. How are you, we are going to be the village. We have to be that village. Yes. If we are not, if they don't have their immediate village. I survived that war because of a village. Yes. My, my fam, aunties and uncles and grandparents surrounded us children and said, we're going to take care of you. Even if they couldn't, right, really, right. at the end of the day in a tank. But yes. they gave us the confidence 
to put one foot, foot in front of the other. Right. We have to create a village for our children in a very systematic and you know, present way. Right. And that means clean, good schools, yes. some new, some refurbished if they can. Uh, we have monies in our coffers right now yes. in the state and in our municipality to do that. We just have to have a proper plan to execute, but we also can't have a willy-nilly. We need to have a strategic plan around what are we doing for the entire school district, which are the buildings, how long, which, which, what is the way we're going to set it out, how are we going to take care of them while we're uh, redoing. These are so why is that so devil in the details. So I think um, it's difficult because people have a lot of competing things in their mind and we haven't set a framework that comes from leadership. It really is about leadership. Yes, and it, it's just one thing at a time. That's right. Tackle one thing. I, I like the sense of community. I like yeah. that. Because if we know who our neighbors are, we know who polices our environment, mm -hmm. they then know who we are, we know who they are. Right. Nina, tell my audience how we can donate to um, Nina for Philly. Here's my little palm card, and you can go to ninaforphilly.com. That's Nina, N-I-N-A-F-O-R, P-H-I-L-L-Y dot com. And that's my website, and there's a donate button on there. Please feel free to go, because <laughs> I need to communicate with my voters. Yes. Uh, uh, the election is November 7th. Make sure you're registered to vote, and make sure you use that vote. Because remember, people have died. People yes. have been beaten. People have had dogs set on them. People have been hosed. People have been buried in unmarked graves in order for us to have that ability that's to right. vote. So do not take it lightly. Do not uh, remember we stand in what our ancestors have done for us. That's right. You, to honor them, make sure you vote. To make sure that people's voices are heard. So yes. exercise your franchise, your vote. One vote. One voice, one vote. We right. have to do that. So remember, it's Nina Ahmad. She's running for city council person at large. That means she represents the whole city of Philadelphia. We're going to stop in a moment, and then I'm going to um, make something for you. And then we're going to talk about food, your upbringing in, your, in Bangladesh, your relationship with your mother, your relationship with food, and how important that is to you. Nina, I'm so happy you came on. So don't forget, you need to vote. It's Nina Ahmad. She's running for city council person at large for the city of Philadelphia. And give us a moment and we'll be back. Welcome back, Nina. Yes. The, the, don't these onions smell fabulous? Mm. Delicious, real good. Yes. So I'm going to fix um, some balsamic rice with some lima beans and some other essence, um, some cumin. Here is uh, smoked paprika, some garlic and ginger paste. So these are just all these. I love spices and herbs and. It, it wakes up the flavor of whatever you're doing. And plus, I'm going to do this rice. It's going to be in the oven. Mm. <laughs> I fix my rice in the oven. It just takes its time. I don't pay any attention to it. It's moist. It's flaky. 
it's not. You know how sometimes your rice comes out. Clogged. Yeah, yes, yes. I, I don't. I don't like that at all. Nina, tell us about you growing up in Bangladesh, in your kitchen with your mom. Food was very central uh, to me growing up. Right. My um, mother actually uh, was an adventurous cook, <laughs> and she actually took uh, some classes in international cooking. Uh, when wow. I was little, right? And uh, I remember she would come home, this was well before computers and all, so she would have her notebook and she had written, they had printed recipes that the class gave her and that she would have taken notes and I would be going through all mm -hmm. of them and she would be cooking these very exotic dishes. And uh, once we had a bubble tea pie from South Africa. Ooh. We had peanut chicken from another uh, country in Africa. Right. We had Chinese food, we had Italian things, uh, in addition to our own cuisine. So what she did to for me was really expand not just my palate, right. but expanded my horizons. Right. Because I learned about these countries as we were, as you were cooking. cooking. Did she sometime make a dish with a flair from like used Bangladesh seasonings instead yes. of using some of the seasonings from that region? So she in turn made it her own. That's Absolutely. what I tell people. Yes. Make a recipe your own. Absolutely. There was a lot of, uh, because some of the printed recipes, uh, we didn't have a lot of these ingredients. Okay. So she would make do and, you know, supplement or replace given what we could find. Um, in, in our uh, city. So uh, we landed up eating all kinds of food and having discussions at our dinner table about what we were eating and then learn a little bit about the country. And so I just treasure that. And as when our children were little, our two girls were little, we also involved them in cooking. That when wow. I remember we have pictures of like three years old standing at the counter chopping bell pepper, uh, you know, knowing how both my husband and I cook. So it was a family affair. Dinner time, just before dinner time, everybody would be in the kitchen when they were little and didn't have all these schedules that right. everybody was going everywhere. But they still treasure that memory. Of my children they do. still talk about and they both cook and they both cook well. Yeah. Uh, and now they cook for us. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, when they come to visit, okay, you can cook. Um, but cooking is so central because you don't need language, you don't need anything to share in uh, a food and, and build community through But food. they also learned math. Yes. Because Absolutely. they're measuring, taking the yes. measurements. But I learned how to cook in the kitchen with my mother. Yes. And those are some of my favorite memories is um, being with my mother in the kitchen. Yes. My, one of my very um, early memories is my mother making mayonnaise from scratch. Really? With the egg, with the oil, oil. the oil, right. you know, the olive oil, so slowly. And, and the chemist in me, I was watching how it became a creamy thing from, you because know, oil like that. Because she didn't have a food processor. She was doing it by hand. Wow. She was whipping that thing. Putting she whipped that oil, cream. Put that she oil. whipped the cream I mean, the for air yep, in it. Absolutely. So I was just was fascinated. I think that may be why I became a scientist to some extent. Yeah. Because food is chemistry. Yes, it and is. And you watch ingredients like this transform it into that, right? Yeah. And if you can have so my one daughter is uh, going into medical is in medical school. Okay. She's following my 
in a scientist medical background. Right. My other daughter is started law school, but loves cooking and baking. She's a baker. I'm not a baker. Right. She bakes and she, but the adventurousness is what I watch and I really value that she'll just pick up a recipe and say, okay, we're, right. we'll just, we're right. gonna have this for dinner, mom. I'm like, well, did you ever try it before? She said, no, we'll right, figure it out. Right. And I love that spirit that cooking allows you to develop. Because no one knows really if you made it right. That's right. You just, who's, who's right? right? Exactly, who's right? Because <laughs> you know, you need to make a recipe your own. But some of the things that I've cooked, put in here, you could smell mm. it. You could smell the, um, the cumin, mm -hmm. the coriander. Mm. These are all the seasons and spices that we get from all over the world. And they're standard but, in our kitchen. Yes, they're standard. And that's, cumin that was and the coriander. point that I wanted yeah. to do, was yeah. make it standard. So Nina, what is one of your favorite go-to dishes when you're cooking? A very simple home-cooked meal, okay. um, which is actually can be vegan very easily. Right. Uh, you just have to use not use chicken broth. You use uh, water. Soup, right. And uh, it's called dal. It's a lentil soup. So Ooh, you you make it with the orange lentil, and I, that's what I'm actually going to make for you when you come over <laughs> to dinner. Um, it, it, you can. It's very very easy. You know, you cut your onions, you put your uh, ginger garlic all in a pot and you let it uh, cook with the lentils and water and onions. And, right. and when it comes down, you just season it at the very end. You cook your onions, like uh, brown your onions, mm -hmm. almost to a crisp yes. uh, with a certain kind of spice and what we call ghee, which is yes. clarified yeah. butter, but you don't need, nope. you don't use Here that. Here is my version of that. My version of it. So there is a vegan ghee, but, okay. I, but I use coconut, coconut oil. I was going to say coconut this. Coconut oil. I recognize yes, that coconut as well. Oils, yes. yes. Um, I actually bought some ghee. I said, I can't have that. I was just thinking, oh, I can't have that. Yes. But you know, you just, when you're buying things, you're going yeah. by the recipe. And I wanted to make this as authentic, authentic as yes. I can. When you are cooking rice, just as she just said, or lentils, I always use a broth. Yes. Or I broth, build the yeah. flavor of yeah. it as I go along. Start off when I just, I love lentils. I always start up with some fresh onions, some yeah. fresh garlic, yeah. and some chilies in there yeah. and just let them as you just said brown and then just add layers when you're cooking yeah so that's you a favorite for my children as a go-to like you know quickly what, what we're having if we didn't have anything planned right this is some rice and some lentil right and what, when they were little chicken nuggets along with that <laughs> <laughs> but that is a meal that's a meal yeah. so I'm going to now just bring this to a boil I'm going to add the rice in here as well to get it started and then i'm going to put it in this casserole dish and we're going to put it in the oven mm. yeah. and you just walk away yeah so while the rice because we've already started the cooking process it won't take as long you could then have some bread warming i'm going to put this in for nina so we can warm it up a little bit or you can make fresh cornbread mm -hmm. i like to put everything to come out at the same time yeah i i don't like um, foods that you cooked it's way it's already done yeah. so remember when you're cooking start the things that cook the longest first yes you know you plan yes you have to plan you should because I used to have, I have a sister that we always would go to her house and she would put like her macaroni and cheese in the oven be right before we came <laughs> that never made any sense to me 
I mean, you know your guests are coming at three. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you just putting your macaroni and cheese in at a quarter <laughs> of three? Yeah. So, you know, plan your cooking, your meats and things, because when you take your meats, even your fish, you want them to rest a little bit because you mm. want the presentation. You want to have a nice, clean um, slice. So yeah. I'm going to... But you um, know, that's strategic thinking. <laughs> and when you're a good cook, you can be a good legislator because you'll be thinking strategically yes, and yes. planning ahead. Yes, yes. Uh, my favorite thing with my children was clean room, you clean your room, make your bed. Right. And they were like, why? And I said, you know, uh, a messy table a messy is a, is a messy mind. Yes. Right? So if... If you, if you have order, your order could be different than my order, right. but you have to have some sense of order for your mind to operate. And one day we were driving and some, there was a young person driving who just made a very erratic move. Right. And I said, I bet you they have a messy desk or a room. <laughs> and, and my daughter said, somebody else's problem and I'm getting the lecture for that. <laughs> So when you when you're cooking and your husband is in the kitchen, yes, who helps who? Um, depending on who's doing the cooking, we we have you know some things he makes, some things I make. I'm his sous chef when he's doing that, and he's mine. I like to clean as I go. He's more of a do it all at once because I like to put things away so that I have less to do at right. the end of it. Right. So we have different styles, but he'll chop my onions or I'll chop his, you know, whatever. We, we like to, we spend so time, there's he, music, there's dancing, when, when there's he's, When he's cooking, when he's cooking, I'm sorry, to, yes. when he's cooking, are you then kind of cleaning up so you don't have to have so much in the end or you just let yeah, him, I, or you cook? I help him, he, I let him tell me what he needs my help for. Okay. So, because I don't like people coming in my space unless I, they ask me what I need. Right. right. So right. I give him the same courtesy, tell me what you need me to do, I'll help you, I'll not get in your way. He has his way of doing things, um, so we're respectful of each other's spaces. But I'll also try to tidy up right. on the side as we're going. I like the idea that you said you have some music on. Yes. There's some dancing. Oh, so yes. So you're making, you're making, food is a connector. Yes, very So you're connecting so. with your husband, you're yes. connecting with your food, and it relaxes you because yes. if you're tense and you're all stressed out when you're in the kitchen, it's reflective. Yes, on, absolutely. On the your food, food you make. Yes, yes it is. But, yes. you know, food is it's simple. It really is simple. People make it way more complex. Complicated than it needs yes, to be. Yes, yeah. yes, if, yes. if children can participate, that's my test. How, how are we doing? Can everybody have a role in this? Um, you know, when we are all in the house together now, the children are not there. But uh, I think it's really important to engage everybody. Right. And, you know, I bring it back to governing is having everybody's voices at the table when you're making good policy, right. make sustainable policy, because Correct. The, those closest to the pain can help you craft things properly. Same thing with food. People who are invested in the food, if you all work together, you have a much dish, better dish. Right. And you got everybody's input. Yes. So <laughs> don't be surprised if there's a big political issue going on that we find out that Nina has had guests over at her home <laughs> and she's cooking dinner because as we said, food is a connector. That's right. It relaxes you and then you find something common. Absolutely, absolutely. And you find that we all really are the same. We all have to eat. Yes. That's a common yes. tie. Yes, yes. Uh, we all have, we're all gonna be born and all gonna be dying. Yes. <laughs> 
those are immutable facts. Right. And the other thing is, um, I, you know, what we didn't mention is I'm an advocate for women. I'm the president of the Pennsylvania chapter of the National Organization for Women. And women are 52% of the population of Philadelphia. So I'm very keen on making sure that our needs are reflected in the city and we give them due precedence instead of being after, after the fact. That is very critical for me. So, you know, I, and that's, you, I said it because cooking is a woman's domain usually. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be. And we can share our uh, <laughs> Well, in chores. my home, I'm the only one that cooks. <laughs> but what do you think about our next, possibly our next mayor being a woman? I'm very excited. The first woman, the first black woman. Yes. Someone who has a lot of experience. <laughs> right. She's served in the state house. She's served in the city itself. Uh, she's a mother she, and you know she has had her struggles you know when you have lived a full life right. you can bring all of that to the table right. and i and she's very smart so i understand you're busy yes so is he doing all the cooking yes so that means is he cleaning up yes. so you come home and it's Yep. Dinner's ready. I mean, when I'm there, I'm helping. Like I made a meal the other. We had some some folks over, um, which ha we haven't done in a long time. Right. And I cooked, and right. he cooked, and we cleaned and cooked together, because people coming over, you got to clean up the house. But <laughs> um, but it, that was the anomaly in these last few months. He's been doing most of the cooking, and and the cleaning and everything. So <laughs> I am very grateful. But and my daughter was living with us till she moved uh, out and started school. She, right. she was home for one year between undergrad and starting, so she was very helpful too. Uh, wow. they, they, my, I couldn't do this without my family. My other daughter was chiming in on the phone and, <laughs> or saying, everybody doing okay? <laughs> but um, I could not do this without my family. That's good. Yeah, but yeah. it's all about family when you're in politics or any career you need the support of your family. Mm -hmm. So this dish here has um, butter beans, mm. lima beans, I'm sorry, wasabi rice, and you saw I put everything in here. This dish, you could add some chicken, but um, I would have cooked the chicken a little bit because yes. you don't want to put raw food into cooked food. You could put shrimp. These are people that want other plant-based protein other than plant-based proteins you could put some tofu in this mm -hmm. but I as look at this look at the it's colors beautiful. look at the smells mm. and I'm going to just put this in the oven and, um, and I'm gonna come back so okay excuse my back because I'm going to um, put this in the oven real quick Nina this is the finished product oh that looks delicious yes because there's turmeric mm. there's um, cumin chili powder, so the color changed. So it, yes. normally it would be brighter, you could see the greens, but because of all the spices that we put in, you can't. But not only did I make this for you, and then look at the bay leaf and the star yes. right there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I have, oh, here it is here. I made this too. Ooh. This, you can get the recipe off of my website. This is daikon radish, and this is arugula. Wow. I really was looking for the leaves of the radish. Okay, but they, they, didn't. they, didn't, they didn't keep them. Yeah. I don't understand that because I like the leaves of my beets. Yeah. Why do they not keep the because leaves? Because people, you know, they in fact have packages of pre-cut things where they've cleaned everything I, I don't off. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, I so. Don't, I, I don't like uh, that. May I have your, yes. I don't like, I don't buy pre-cut 
mm. fruits or vegetables because I want to cut my own. Yes. I want to. Yes. And then a lot and of it's times, also just cleaner. Yes, to, yes, yes. To, yes. To wash your clean, own right, entire right, thing. Right, and, right. Yes. I agree. Yeah. So I won't give you a whole, yes, whole lot. Yes, right. But I want you to. To taste, yeah. Yeah, just mm. to taste it. This looks like almost like spinach, no? The no, but it's arugula. arugula. Yeah, it's arugula. I, I wanted, uh, a, you know. I've always uh, had arugula in um, in your salad. Salad, right? No, you can cook all types yeah. of greens. And here is a, a little piece of bread. Thank you. Thank and you. you're going to have some? No, I'm not going to, because while you're eating, I'm going to be talking. Okay. Did you want me to eat now? Yes, I want you to eat okay. now. And then, you know, we're bon, going to see. Bon appetit which, to me. Yes, bon appetit to Nina. Mm. Remember, mm, this is so good. You like it? Very. Let's try this one. You'll try that one. <laughs> it's always amazing to see mm. the reaction of my guests and what they think. I love this. Got a little bitter taste. Yes, oh, but that's so what good. that's what arugula has. Yeah. And it has a spiciness mm, to it. I'm as gonna well. mix the two now. You go right ahead. Mm. <laughs> Nina, thank you for coming. Absolutely. This was my pleasure. And the way you've interspersed cooking with hearing my story yes. and giving me so much time. I'm so grateful, you know, both you and Bruce have right. been such good friends and mentors. And uh, I'm very grateful to you, to all your crew here doing this work. Um, you know, having food as tying us together. Yes. This, this is what we should do. We are a city with all kinds of cuisines here. Yes. So many ethnicities all around our, our city. We're a globe, we could be a global <laughs> city. We have food places that are fantastic yes. on the national landscape. Right. We have a lot to offer. I think so too. But what you said, my crew always know that I said that I hope our food can be as diverse as I wish our country will be at one yes. time. It's important. Food is a connector. Don't forget ClassyEssentialNutrition.com. We're about healthy lifestyles. So let's make our lifestyle healthy. So I'll see you next time. Bye.